welcome back to the Class 1A podcast. And this episode is incredibly special because we are live over in the Jasco Games Discord server right now doing a stage for the very first time ever. We have a bunch of awesome people in the audience and super excited to talk about everything that happened in My Hero Academia Season 5, doing a full wrap-up, including announcing our Plus Ultra winners, other rewards throughout the episode, famous arcs, moments, and so much more. So I hope you guys cannot wait to go along with us for that journey. But for those of you that do not know, my name is Andrew Nimsgren, or you may know me better as Advert, the big, big business hero. And I'll let both of my co-hosts introduce themselves today. Go ahead, Dylan. And of course, I am Dylan, AKA Fanfic, the shipping hero. Yeah, and my name is James Graham. I am known as Apothecary, the patch-up hero. Perfect. And we've been doing this podcast for a little over two years. We go anything from doing random episode recaps or all season five and season four we have, but we've also done fan fiction episodes. We've done lore videos. And we've done a ton of other stuff as well. So we do a bunch of content over there. Dylan will be posting those links in there. But if you do want to go over and keep up to date with everything else we do, you can find us on YouTube, Twitter, podcasting platforms, and so much more. So any support that you guys kind of go and show over there is always appreciated. And leaving a five-star review for the Astro Podcast on Apple Podcasts is a huge deal with helping other people find it because obviously today we get to do this live stage, but for helping other people find us, it's always helpful for those reviews. But I guess with that, we move into the first thing, the biggest thing that I've been so excited to talk about all season. So for a lot of people today, we have been doing an award kind of throughout the entire season called the Plus Ultra Award. Pretty much each and every episode at the end of the recap, we go and award a character. Each one of us get to pick a character that went beyond and went plus ultra for that episode. And we have tallied up the vote. So rather it's been through the joint trading arc all the way up to My Villain Academia. At the end of episode, three characters get nominated each and every time. And now we are going to be breaking down kind of who actually won it all. And then going through a kind of a couple little fun notes that are surprising that when we were kind of doing the wrap up here. But, I mean, I guess I don't have much of a drum roll. I don't have any sound effects because we're just kind of in the Discord <laughs> stage right now. But for all of Season 5, between the three of us, we are actually tied on it. So the top two characters that were tied, we'll kind of break down the tiebreaker afterwards, was Bakugo and Shigaraki both were tied to vote by a landslide. Third place, everything else was super far away. Yeah. I talked about that. Mm-hmm. But Bakugo and Shigaraki. I mean, these two characters, without a doubt, stood out in all of Season 5. You guys both agree with that? 100%. Easily. Easily. Yeah. So we had to actually come down. It came down to the very last episode of the season for that tie to happen. So we had to go to Twitter. We did it on Instagram. We did a couple of different platforms and put votes out there to let the actual audience decide who win plus ultra because we couldn't decide over 25 different episodes. And the winner was Shigaraki. I mean, yeah, going from, I mean, season four, season three, pretty much all the way up to the beginning of season five, the League of Villains were more or less a joke i don't want to say but didn't get much limelight to now the leader being the person that we thought was pretty much the main character of the season is mind-blowing to me and i think no one else deserves it more than him yeah i mean shikaraki just had like so many amazing moments and like i obviously like half of the season was like completely like dedicated to him like getting his own origin stuff there um but i don't know it just it's just incredible i i've said this like a ton during our like uh like our recaps leading up to this but like these are these are like villains that we love, right? Like we we already love them before this, and like we just love them even more at this point. So cool. Yeah, it's like it really is like the ultimate glow up story. Like I mean, like Shigaraki was in, in, introduced to us as like you know 
a villain, but like, I mean, like, you know, he seemed bad. Like, I, mean, I think he was a good intro villain for a lot of people. Um, but to see him go from this, like, you know, like video game obsessed, like weird, we, I don't know, like, you know, the hands on the face and stuff like that. You never really knew what it was all about. Right. You just kind of took it at like face value to, to turn into what he becomes this King, this leader of an army. The guy has left tenants. Like he is, like it, you can't get any better you can't get better than that it's 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 incredible and they did it in such a good content oh my god condensed time that it didn't feel rushed either you know what i mean like it was the perfect balance of like we have a story to tell in five episodes boom here it is yeah and we'll talk about the actual arcs in my villain academia i already kind of see in chat that people throughout the entire season the main theme has been what is going on with my villain academia why did the arcs move around what are final thoughts on that we'll talk about that but i agree Shigaraki had his standout season, and I think going forward, he's even going to be a more amazing character. And again, like I said, no one deserves it better, but man, was Bakugo close. But like I said, it was, it was so a close. tie. It came yeah. down to audience voting, and even the audience voting, we had a couple hundred votes. It came down to one single vote to break the tiebreaker. So even That's... everyone else agreed that it wasn't very... I mean, either well, both of them were the main characters of it. And I think, speaking of main characters, a fun fact to point out is... Deku didn't get a single vote this entire season. <laughs> he did not feel like he was the main kind of most plus ultra moment throughout any episode in My Hero Academia season five, which I almost think is awesome. Obviously, he had amazing moments with Black Whip and so much more, but the fact that so many other characters had the chance to shine is such a cool thing to me and showing that having an expanded cast can still lead on for the May, uh, for an amazing season. Yeah. I, I know I, I definitely loved it because like even like you're talking about like even though he had his really great moments all the best parts about those moments were him playing off of the rest of the class uh like the black whip moment um with Uraka showing up like I don't know that that like that was like a better like Uraka moment than a Deku moment for me just because of that interaction yeah it wasn't and- even that too like it was like Shinzo too like 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 a ton of characters were able to show up on, on these moments that you know I think normally would have been given to Deku, right? Like he really got, it was, it, it's a weird season. It was a weird season for that, but I was, I was happy with it. It was a nice change. Yeah. And I, and I think that helped with at least the Deku point is he got a new, he, he got a new power, which is amazing, but also kind of brought him back down. Cause that's all he was focusing on. So he'd been back to kind of being a beginning quirk user. So he didn't have mm-hmm. opportunity to stand out, but he now he's back up to the point where he's pretty much as powerful as ever again. But I think we actually need to talk about second place right now, which is Bakugo. And I yeah. literally have an award later on this season, which was the best Bakugo moment because of how great he was throughout the entire season from joint training to Endeavor to even the last episode of the season. I mean, Bakugo, I didn't, wasn't really sold on Bakugo for a while now after reading the manga and not being caught up on the anime. It is, Bakugo is one of my favorite characters and season five obviously did him the best ever. Yeah, I mean, he just got, like, so many amazing moments, like, just from, like, fighting, like, having really amazing fights, growing as a character, and also being, like, the comedy relief of this entire season. Like, you know, find someone who who, who can do all of it. All, yeah. all the things in one package here. Yeah, give I mean, he had us laughing during Endeavor, at, like, the Endeavor Agency arc episodes at dinner. I mean, joint training, he had us kind of blown away with how he worked with the team. And then even the last episode, just his interaction with Deku and All Might are always top tier. So, again... Everything Bakugo did this episode, the season was amazing. I wanted to give it to him, but I truly believe Shigaraki deserved it more. And we'll talk about that coming up. Yeah, it was, it was I think, I believe you were actually like our tiebreaker on the last episode. 
Andrew, like when amongst the three of us at least, that it was like myself, I picked Shigaraki, Dylan picked Bakugo, and like you got stuck <laughs> in the middle, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. So that that's been amazing. And then, like I said, third place and beyond was so much farther. I think Endeavor somehow ended up in third, which five, like with only five votes, which is not many throughout the yeah. entire season. Then everyone else was like three, four, a couple with zero. So I mean, these two characters stood out in season five and were the real ones. So. I guess kind of moving into that, unless there's anything else with Pulse Ultra, either one of you guys want to talk about? No? No, Perfect. good. So let's move into the arcs. We had three huge arcs this season, which was Joint and Training Arc, Endeavor Agency Arc, and My Villain Academia. I think we talk through the arcs a little bit and then go back to the arc switching controversy, what we thought about how the season was laid out, because obviously that's been a bigger topic of the season than I feel like the actual season was. So let's start with Joint Training. It's been months now since we watched it well what did we think about that for kicking off season five i loved it i i actually really loved joint training because it highlighted like horikoshi's ability to like write these secondary characters uh because like when when one b shows up right they're just a bunch of like random characters so to speak that horikoshi drew in the background didn't really have any plan for them but when we actually circle back to them and we see their names their personalities and all their quirks they feel like they were written out from like off the off the start they, they feel like they were just written all the way back then. And like, Horikoshi doesn't think like that far, far ahead, but like, he's so good at just like creating these characters on the spot like that. Yeah. Not only that too, like, I mean, it, we saw some of the best animation from like, from, from, from Bones, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like we, like that studio produces good stuff and like Joint Training Arc did a great job of like, you know, bringing that to light and reminding us like how good this studio is. Um, and yeah, just to kind of like build on what Dylan was saying, like, I mean, these characters that you, you know, you always are always like, oh, you know, like, what's that guy's deal? Like, you know, we, you do see a lot of class one B throughout the seasons, but you never really get to see it focused on them. This is the first time you actually got to see like a ton of their quirks being put to use and like going toe to toe with one A, like cl the clear, the clear class that, you know, has been exposed to more nonsense to more disasters, all this stuff. One B's just there grinding, you know what I mean? And they and like, you know, they they take matches, right? They cause draws. Like it, like they these guys are still like they're top notch, right? Yeah. And again, I love getting to see so many more quirks. And Dylan's mentioned that like just some of the matchups felt like they were made specifically for this joint training arc. But even something just someone said it right in chat, right as I was about to bring it up. I felt like it was too long. I even said this as it was going on but I felt like some fights dragged on just a little longer than I wanted. And I wanted the overall arc to be a little bit more condensed. Every moment that I was watching, it felt amazing. Every fighting moment felt great, but somehow it just felt like it could have been shortened just a little bit. And it would have been even better. I think it went on for what, eight, nine episodes. I mean, you bump that down to six episodes, seven episodes. I mean, I think just that condensity makes it a little better, but that's my only issue with the entire arc. The matchups were great. The animation was great. The character moments between Class 1A, Class 1B, Bakugo, Deku, everyone you wanted got a moment, but it still just felt a little too long for me. So I I think it was too long for me when we were actually going through and watching it. I think mostly because like we knew it was coming next. We knew like My Villain Academia was coming next, and so yeah. we were really hyped about that. Um, I actually think it might be okay-ish in terms of like length if I would have binged through it. Like if I go back now, because I'm probably going to rewatch this season, yeah. Uh, for the dub and when i do uh, i'll kind of judge it there to see if like it's like binging through it is okay but at least like the the weekly did feel like it went on for a really long time yeah waiting another week to see the last couple of minutes of a fight even though the, everything happens in the last couple of minutes 
still having to wait like oh you get the entire setup and the next week is just like an actual five minute fight stretched out over 20 minutes this is the one thing that kind of irked me a little times i agree i think binging through it will be so much better because then you just get through all that back to back you just watch that one big watch and then you move on to other things i feel like is such a better way to do it so i agree i think it's one of those arcs where you go back and watch it again will be better the second time rather than the first time Mm -hmm. I, I might be like the unpopular opinion here, but I did want more of the other class. Like I wanted more of class one B. Like I do agree that, you know, we knew my here and my villain academia was coming and like, we were kind of like, okay, when we get into it, when we get into it, then we had the, like the big arc shuffle and all that stuff. But seeing characters, especially Monoma, like Monoma, like I was like, if you, if anybody goes back and listens to the episodes, I was one of the biggest Monoma stands. Like I changed my Twitter account. I like, he is a great character. Um, but it, it, it sucked because like some of the some of the class one B that I was really interested in, like, you know, we got to find out who else was in on recommendation. We got to see some of these guys with the more niche quirks. Um, like I, I love to see that, right? So it it it, it sucked that it had to end, but I, I, I do see both sides. Like I was I was happy with the with the length at least. So I actually think I know where like that feeling of it dragging on too long really comes from. I think it's the flashbacks. I'm going to be honest. I think oh, it's the flashbacks a hundred, a hundred percent. Like, like you have these like really intense moments and they're constantly doing flashbacks. I think that's what makes it feel like it's going on longer than it really is. Because thinking back, like, as you were saying that, like, yeah, of course, I actually wanted a lot more of one B. I want to see more stuff with them. Um, I actually don't mind if it's dragging on a little bit. I just don't want all the flashbacks. I do yeah, agree, actually. Yeah, that, and I think they spent three, and they also, the recaps felt longer, too, because I get it's fights, but because they're stretching fights between week uh, two weeks, that the first three minutes of the next episode will be recapping what happened in the previous yeah. episode, which could have just been going on to the next fight, which I also felt like kind of was an issue when it's constant combat, it's going to be harder to have those recaps because you want to kind of cover everything all at once. So. Yeah, it, like, I, I, I get I get the the need to kind of like I don't know, man. Like it might be the it might be the one gripe I've had with my hero recently is the flashbacks. That is that is it. That is the only thing that they've been doing that I've been like, man. Like, do we really do we really need that? Like, it's I feel like we're getting more. It's like it that, that's how they're doing their filler, I guess. Right. But like, generally, most people don't do a weekly podcast on it and might actually need reminders <laughs> of things that happened a season or two ago. Because I know a lot of us were watching a ton. But I mean, I understand our irkiness with it. And I think anyone that's hardcore isn't going to like flashbacks. But for my girlfriend that watched season five live with me for the first time ever, she caught up during that. It's like, oh, I totally forgot about that. Or like, oh, that's super cool. Yeah, I, yeah. That's a cool moment to kind of go back and look at it. So we're on the hardcore side of it. I think the casual side that watches it and then doesn't think about it again to the next season's job comes out would really enjoy that. So that's just because of how hardcore we are. That's the only reason yeah. we don't like the flashback because <laughs> the content's good. I think they still went on a little long even with that in mind. But overall, yeah, it's just kind of a hard thing to kind of balance out. Yeah, we're not we're not we're not filthy casuals here. That's not that's that's, that's not our thing. So <laughs> let's move into the Endeavor Agency arc, kind of away from joint training. So right after that, we had all these amazing fights, and then pretty much it's okay. Everyone go back to your work studies and get stronger. And obviously, we saw Todoroki, Bakugo, and Deku, probably one of the best three combinations you can kind of see in My Hero Academia, at least my one of my favorites. Go and work with Endeavor. And while it was a shorter arc, a couple of really cool moments there. The family dinner was fantastic. I mean, what did you guys think about the overall arc? And then did the pacing feel right coming out of the joint training arc? I, I think it's weird with these like 
transitionary kind of arcs of where they're super short and it's more of like set up and whatnot. Uh, it's really hard to judge them on the same level as these really big arcs that have been going on for a long time. And, you know, there's a lot of meat to them. Um, but what I think was really good about this arc was that it like sets up framing uh, for the world, right? So you're setting up Deku uh, on how he's actually going to like learn all these quirks and get better at them uh, through like working with Endeavor. Uh, but it also sets up the rest of the class for like just like quote unquote justifying their now skill up, right? Of where mm -hmm. we see them at the end of the season and they have all these new moves and they learn new stuff. Like this is the setting up so that we're just getting a stronger class overall. And I think it's like, it's weird the, to do this and it's not like, it's not flashy, it's not sexy, but it's something that like you kind of need to do to justify the story and justify these characters getting better over time. Uh, and it, it's just a clean way to do it. Yeah, I, I can definitely, I can definitely get on board with that. Uh, my biggest, like the big thing I took away from it was the the Endeavor character development. I think this was like this was so necessary. You did he needed some attention, especially because of how he left the last season. Him becoming the number one here, like you did, you need to develop that character's personality and his history and everything like that, right? So I'm glad we got a ton of fleshing out during during this arc, right? It definitely wasn't my favorite out of the three. Like it definitely didn't jump off the page for me. Um, but I mean, like you you got this, you got to see the ramifications of his actions. And like, I thought that was so, so crucial to this show that you, you can't just let this character who is so flawed, like, you know, not have any screen time and like, you know, see the aftermath of like what those actions caused. Right. Yeah. I, I like how they don't like justify it either. And things aren't wrapped up neatly with, with Endeavor mm. of like, he did really shitty things and like, yeah, his family like doesn't like really like him now and they're going to be mad at him and they that they leave on that note basically of like yeah you're a bad dad you suck dude and that's <laughs> it because like yeah that's kind of a realistic thing like in that scenario I'm, I'm glad that they didn't like you know brush it under like the rug or anything of like oh yeah endeavor's trying everyone he's a, he's a good guy now let's let's all like him it's like no he's he still sucks he's trying to get better but he still sucks because he did bad things yeah and I think that was, if it would have been trying to wrap it up cleanly here, like, oh, yeah. I mean, it was clear that he reached a turning point in that relationship, but it's not like they just jumped all the way to the end, which is where it could have been an issue. Because obviously, yes, they don't touch on how shitty of a person Endeavor is really up until this point, but we kind of known and known has really liked him up to this point. And this is obviously the beginning of a very, very, very slow kind of redemption arc, and hopefully he does end up there. But at the end of this, the whole point of this was like kind of turning a point, reconnecting with his family and growing closer. And him and Natsu had a really good moment after the fight towards the end of the arc. But then he goes back home and just moves out. Like he was talking about not running away from his feelings. But then he literally goes home and says, I'm just going to leave. I know we disagree on this heavily, James. D don't like, get me started, man. Was, I thought that was weird that you're that is, that's running away. I get that. It, he kind of learned that it was important for him to be away from his family because his family isn't ready to be around him but I feel like it's better than just moving away. I don't know. I just, how the it's, rap arc ended up wasn't my favorite. It's atonement, man. It's atonement. He recognizes that he cannot fix the damage he has done. So he tries to do what he can. He builds them a house closer to their mother. He, you know, he gets himself, he removes himself from the situation and does what he can from afar. And I think that is so much more of a human development. I think that is so much more, down to like that is much more believable than 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 you know accepting an apology or like them trying to get over it people inherently are just shitty sometimes and you do things that are like unredeemable 
this is the best thing he can get to it. Like, and like, I, I, I get like, I felt for the dude by the end of it, but like, you know, he's past the point of redemption. He's just doing what he can. So that's, I don't know. I was, I was very satisfied with the ending. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that does make a lot of sense. Cause like this, this is at the point of where it separates a little bit of like him trying to get forgiveness, which is inherently a really selfish thing for him to do. And him like kind of separating himself from that and just going, I'm going to do anything I can help my family at this point, whether or not they forgive me, I'm just going to do it. And I think, I think that's like another part of that, like redemption arc. Like, like, like we said, we don't think he's going to get fully redeemed because like he did bad things. Like he can't undo the bad things, but at least he can like do things to help it, help his family out from here. Yeah. I agree. And I guess that I'm, I think all the points you're making, James, I know you kind of came back and kind of countered the point as well. And like, I don't disagree with you. It just wasn't what I wanted to see there, but I agree. I think the arc was super necessary. I love keeping up the Todorokis as much as the next person. And the family (laughs) dinner was fantastic. I mean, the moments there, Baco had a moment, kind of learning more about Toya, which we really still know nothing about and seeing where that developed into season six. Obviously, they made way too big of a deal of it here not to talk about it in the upcoming seasons and what really happened. So I love getting the teases for what's next for keeping up with the Todorokis. I love seeing some growth for Endeavor, Natsu, all the characters. Even Todoroki had some good growth here as well. And then Bakugo and Deku just being along for the ride was super fun all around. So it was a good arc, but I agree. Wasn't my favorite of the season by far, but it was very much needed. But any last kind of moments on the Todoroki arc? I mean, on the Endeavor arc. I just like the the hawk stuff to be honest. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I like I like hogs being like a spy, like sneaking around, like give, given like all these like clues or whatever to Endeavor. I actually really did like that. Uh, I, I guess it's it's the main plot, but I guess it was like the B plot of the Endeavor agency arc. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I really loved it. A plot, B plot switches a lot during this entire. Yeah. Season. Oh my kind god. Of going back or between what's important in each individual episode, but that leaves us with one last arc: My Villain Academia. And I oh, know yeah. there was so much worry coming into this. I think I even put out a couple of tweets that I was a little on edge about it because I went back and reread the manga chapters and just how excited I was for it. But I think along, at least with us three, it wasn't perfect, but damn, was it good. Seeing yeah. some of these moments live animated made it worth it. Despite the shift, uh, despite shifting around the schedule and all that, My Villain Academia blew it out of the water. I loved it. And it was probably as good as it could have been with the current with how things ended up yeah like there is like some some issues i have with the adaptation on like the stuff that they cut out with spinner and like kind of the lead up to that whole thing on like how like poor uh you know the the league of villains really was uh and and kind of making that a good solid point going in there even with all that like i don't know the 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 second that we had like the toga episode she touches her hands together and just drops everyone from the sky like instantly there i was like all right we're, we're in it we're in My Villain Academia, and it rules. It's so awesome. Yep. Like If you go back to like the best moments of My Hero Academia, that's going to be in there. Sandman's Parade is going to be in there. Yeah. The Shigaraki versus Redestro is going to be in there. Like There are so many moments in there that forever will be considered probably in the top 15, top 20 moments of all of My Hero Academia. And that is mind-blowing, even with its imperfections, that they're still that good. So again... All three of the Quirk Awakening moments were amazing. Learning more about Chikaraki, I loved. Seeing Toga growth, which is one of my favorite characters that never gets enough light, was awesome. Sadman's Parade was funny, but terrifying at the same time. It is what I wanted from My Villain Academia. 
So I am happy. Yeah, no, it really, I think it, it, it to, like for what I think it blew the expectation, like, like what, or what the expectation had become out of the water. I think it did a really good job of like circumventing that and being like, no, this is still a really good arc. Um, yeah, I am, I am bummed about the spinner stuff because they really did set up spinner to be like the narrator of this whole arc. Right. I thought that was a really cool idea because spinner's just he's just a lizard man you know what i mean like how do you have a quirk awakening from that so why not make him the narrator right why not do that right um so i i you know i was kind of bummed that way and i like i got a soft spot for spinner i don't know i think he's i think he's kind of like a he's like kind of like a ninja turtle you know what i mean he's a neat he's a neat character <laughs> but man sad man's parade sad man's parade was amazing you can't beat that man you can't beat it it's so good especially because twice is already a likable character so mm-hmm. seeing him overcome his mental barriers, save Toga, and have an awesome moment, and then having every moment of him being incredibly terrifying, making you laugh, the people dancing when they're getting shot by the ice, all of them yelling, me. Like, it's just every moment of Sadman's Parade was great there as well. So, And it just opens up so many doors. I mean, we've heard about Quirk Singularity, which we got a couple of snippets on here, but also now seeing that there's these things called Quirk Awakenings, which hadn't really been touched on before. I mean, you could theorize that for all the Class 1A people, for more villains, for even Deku could somehow have a Wii Awakening for Black Whip, or all of his quirks could have a second ability. Like, it opens up so many cool abilities that you, they didn't explain it. It's like, oh, under extreme social circumstances, you could just get more powerful. That was the explanation, yeah. and that's all you need because it opens it up for so many more cool moments in the series without heavy explanation needed. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's what I really like about the way that Horikoshi sets all of this up. There's no, like, clear rules on quirks, and there's no clear rules on, like, the Awakening, um, but they're, like, justified enough, right? Of, like, we know enough about quirks to, like, understand them and have, like, a broad, like, uh, you know, a broad baseline, but they're ambiguous enough or where you could do weird stuff with them and you can, like, take them in interesting places. Because if they got, like, too heavy into, like, the rule set of them... I think stuff like this would just break down completely. Yeah, and like they did that with Monoma earlier this season too. We skipped through Enjoyed Training Arc, but they did not explain Monoma's quirk at all, except that sometimes he has blanks, sometimes it works for a certain amount of time. Like, it doesn't like, we were asking like, well, what if he tried using like, um, whatever the lizard girl from Class oh. B's abilities? Like, we started asking these questions then. They're not technically stockpiling quirks, so would they work? Like, they don't explain that, and that's a good thing. So when Monoma comes back up and he uses ability we don't expect him to, he can explain it there for five seconds and then move on. And we're not going to question it because there's no hard set rules that they're breaking. So yeah, I, th- I think, think Quirk we- Awakenings go along with that. That's how Horikoshi writes Quirks. And it's a good thing he does that because it allows these moments to happen. Yeah, it would just get boring if you actually had like a rigid like rule set in there. You know what I mean? Like y- you would feel it coming and you would just know. So, I mean, yeah, it would kind of build up the hype of it. But having this unpredictability of like when this Quirk is just going to upgrade into something like a, like a crazier version of itself i think that is just like that it's so much better i love that so much more yeah and we're not even really talking about shigaraki much but obviously the last couple episodes were amazing his backstory learning what actually happened with him and kind of seeing a lot of the parallels to deku which is super interesting kind of makes him a much more deep and kind of developed character kind of seeing of how he ended up where he is now but also seeing how much more powerful and terrifying he is with his aoe decay being able to destroy a single town with his hand like He's truly a good villain to Deku. I mean, up until this point, I wasn't afraid of him. Deku would kick his ass at any moment. Now it feels like it'll be a fight, and it actually feels like Deku's weaker and wouldn't win in the current state, which is always fun because now we have to see Deku 
kind of going through another training arc, getting more quirks and leveling up. Yeah. Absolutely, for sure. So I guess the big question is, out of the three arcs we just talked through, are we all agreeing on the favorite, or what is each one of your guys' favorite arc? It's okay. I, okay, oh, I, I think it's I think it's so tough yeah. because like. My villain Academia. Obviously, it's the best. Obviously, it's the best. It has like all these incredible moments that are really, really good. And I think, like, it's very clear that it's the best arc out of this season. But I also don't want to put down like joint training and what it was because like it's good. It's good. And like people might like chalk it up to being too long, or they might you know say that like it's it's mostly like a filler arc. But I think it's really important for building this world out and setting the tone of the season because like mm-hmm. this season is like the secondary. Uh, cast right it's the secondary cast it's the everyone who's not a main character gets their moments and it's just really good which is it's, clearly setting up and introducing a bunch of new characters for something very big next season which is also very fun to talk uh, think about yeah no it's like i mean i think with this season especially man it's like my my villain is like s tier and then the other two are like a tier you know what i mean they're right there i wouldn't put them at the same level but man oh man are they freaking close yeah but yeah i mean I, I think it has to be my villain academia for me. Like I said, so many of the top moments in there. I probably put joint training second and endeavor kind of third, just because my favorite moment of the season, one of my favorite moments for the season came out of that arc, but I just don't think it stands up. I think it's too short. Probably that's a good reason why is that maybe it was expanded out more happened there, but so much happened in joint, so much happened in my villain academia that when you add it all up, obviously those two are just going to kind of overtake it for me. But again, so many great arcs the entire season was fantastic and i think kind of before we move over to the awards you guys just have a couple favorite moments this season could be something we talked about expanding on i mean obviously we have some of the big ones but like just a couple random moments that just stuck out to you i i mean i think one of my small moments that i really love uh i can pick out like anything that bakugo has done uh but i love the qed moment in like the last episode (laughs) i don't know it just it's just so funny it's it's stupid but it's really funny can, okay, yeah. can you explain what QED is for anyone that doesn't know? Yeah, so QED is like a Latin phrase. Um, I don't, I don't know the exact uh, like the what it stands for, but essentially what it means is like uh, my like my arguments have uh, like you know shown like the shown this to be true. It's like so like what you do is you set up your like you make your claim and you put all the evidence, and at the end you're like QED because this is all the evidence. <laughs> yeah. to prove so it's my like point proving you strong. Pretty much in the context, yes. it's like yes, I'm stronger than you. QED. And that's yes. kind of what it is because now he's going to learn flow, which not Beck Baku says he already can do. So I think that was a fantastic moment. I mean, I think honestly, an, obviously an honorable mention is eerie with a giant like berserk sword. Like that oh was so much fun. We use it like in the title card for like three videos. So, I mean, that was super cool and such a fun moment. Um, I don't know. There's just too many to even think I, about. I really did like every part of the season of, of Mina just uh, teasing Araka. And she would just get like like incredibly red. red. I don't know. Yeah. I really like that dynamic. Like it just, I, I I like like the friendship that they have and like the fun teasing. Like it just it makes it feel like an actual like class at like a school somewhere because it's I don't know. I, I really like those moments. It's a man and like honestly like oh, it's so early on. So like I mean it, it, like you, I found we forgot about it. But all the Shinzo love at the beginning. Oh, that's like true. dude, we were Shinzo with Shinzo the first couple. Love of Shinzo, man. Shinzo is such yeah. a good character. I love him to death. Anytime that guy's on the screen, it like it immediately like wins me over. Shinzo, big fan, huge fan. No, I completely agree. I mean, there's so many more moments. We actually kind of have a couple of kind of awards coming up. We'll talk about more moments, but 
any last little things you guys want to call kind of Zonor mentions? I, I think like one of the, the big moments is obviously like all, like I, I want to say all of uh, Shigaraki's like origin, but the specific like sequence of where it starts with his dog and oh, like things are crawl- like everything he's oh. touching is crumbling around him, his entire family. That like, I, I think it was like a five minute segment. It just incredible. Like, like that, that might be like one of my favorite scenes in my hero by far. I didn't I didn't think my hero would be something that would make the list of like they killed the dog, but like they did, man. Yeah. And it was like I remember they killed everyone, I remember, not just the they dog. They killed everyone, man. But like it started with the dog, you know, like you just like you knew, like you knew as soon as that happened, you're like, shit's getting bad, man. Shit's, it's getting real bad, right? So like when that when that happened, it was just like, oh my god. Like it was so good. Oh my god, and we didn't even talk about like Aizawa and show like uh that whole kind of oh. arc there. Yeah, Zawa overall, like learning all about that, which was ridiculous. Like there's so and even when Mount Lady came and they kind of did like the um like interview practice too. Super small one episode thing, but a lot of funny moments in there, going over names and all that. Like there's just moments that I'm just kind of coming to my head right now that are all great. There's too many to talk about all in one episode. Oh, I, I have another one that you guys absolutely forgot about and haven't thought about it until I'm gonna say it. Ready? It was Vlad King. It was Vlad King uh, doing oh. the announcements for it. I <laughs> yeah. love that gag so much. And then much. every single time Class 1A would say no, I uh, <laughs> announcing. Yes, that was yeah. obviously great too. Joint yeah, training had a lot more moments. I think it's been so long. We would be talking a lot more about joint training if it wasn't months ago, I think. I think there's a lot of little moments in there we're just not even thinking of. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think with that, let's kind of move into a couple of awards. So a couple of these, we voted on them couple more more kind of meme awards that allow each one of these guys to kind of um announce their own awards but so we have a couple of group awards where each one of us got one vote we kind of talked about it kind of totally metagamed it spent half an hour yesterday talking about what we actually thought each one of the answers were so of course you guys put your own answers kind of in the stage chat if you're watching live but the mm-hmm. first one which dylan came up with dylan set the stage what's the category what are some of the options what were the final votes so the cat category is saddest backstory um because this season was the season that just made us cry every single moment it was just incredibly sad uh so some of the backstories i think are very sad are twice uh twice's backstory toga's backstory uh shigaraki's backstory and not just one backstory but the trio that was aizawa mike and kuro giri also known as obero um and i don't think this is going to be a popular answer I think oh, no, we kind of won't talked be. ourselves into this because we kind of argued it. Like we like we really really metagame this, so I think a lot of you are going to disagree <laughs> with this. It? But Dylan, <laughs> I kind of regret my answer here. But what did we pick for this category? The winner for this was Izalba, Mike, and Obero slash Kuro Gary being the most tragic. And I think the reason why we personally think it is the most uh, tragic is because we re- read Vigilantes. Read Vigilantes, everyone. Yeah, everyone listen to this, read please. It right oh, now. Yeah. Please read Vigilantes. It expands. Like I think we talked about it because it's not just Kirogiri's backstory, but it's what Aizawa saw and had to go through. It's what Mike saw and had to go through. It's That would be like one of the three of Baku, Deku, and Todoroki dying. Like If you lost one of those three, I mean, that would be tragic to either one of the other backstories and where they are now. And now having a second chance at saving him and actually getting information out of him such a tense episode that it was bigger than just Kirigiri's backstory, which is why I think we did it, but also read Vigilantes because it has like 30 chapters focusing on these three and it's fantastic. 
And I, I think the moment that really got it for me, and I think it, it kind of got everyone, is after Aizawa, you know, he's his quirk is activated, his eyes are opening, and he's, like, uh, do, using on Kurogiri, and, like, when he just, like, can't use, like, his quirk anymore, and he closes his eyes, and you see the tears, and it's, like, from both, like, using the quirk and also because he is just heartbroken at this moment, like, oh, man. Like, yeah. oh, it, it, it just, it's incredible. An incredibly sad scene. Yeah, I think the, the thing the thing that really hammers it like really hammers down the like into me is that he's still there. That's like there's like like the idea of some sort of like redemption or bringing him out of it or something like that. Like like I think that just got like gets me in the gut even more. Is that like there's that flicker of like oh my god he's like he's still in that in that bot in that vessel right. So I think that being just there a bit and then you know again like it'd be, it'd be, it's Aizawa you know what I mean like anything in tied to Aizawa anything this guy like he's like you know he's a colder dude and now you're finding out why like I mean oh my god man it's just it's a lot yeah but all right James let's move into the next category all right yeah so my category that I put out for everybody was the best animated fight so as we all know there was a ton of fighting in this season but this, like, basically, I set it up towards to the boys, and we basically picked it out of all of them. So we have match three from the joint training arc, Shigaraki versus Redestro, the Endeavor Agency versus the group of villains they have to fight with the, you know, the messed up gear and all that fun stuff. And then Sad Man's Parade twice versus everybody. So this was, this actually did take a little bit of talking about too. Like we kind of like, we went over this a good amount of time because originally I pitched it as not, just not just like you know match three as a whole but you know tetsu tetsu versus todoroki and then we realized wait a second that whole match just has like chaos in it the entire time and that's the one we went with we went with joint training art we went with match three because it was gorgeous it was insane you got to see this crazy breaking point between tetsu tetsu and todoroki and you got to see ida at like full friggin' power you got to see mudman who we were so excited about we loved mudman um and you know, just a little personal touch for me. I got to see Shoji fight some people, and I love watching Shoji fight. So it was, uh, yeah. But that was, I think it was a bit a, a, like a difficult one to kind of for us to pick. And I, I think what helped with it is that the animation for the first two fights weren't anything spectacular. Yeah. And then all definitely. of a sudden, out of nowhere, to start match three, Ida does the ultimate reciprocal first, and it is just a beautiful shot. And then from there, the fight just goes uphill, which I think what it is because it was such a shock compared to everything else around it. The next episode wasn't anything fantastic. First two fights weren't, and then Black Whip came in, so after, but with MVA, everything was amazing, so everything kind of blended together into one big fight there. But this stood out in the joint training arc, which is why I had to vote for it. And I think the the really cool thing about this is we talked about it back in the recap, um, but the reason why like a lot of this fight was so interesting is because they had one of their special animators on it. Uh, so they had, I think his name is... Uh, Yutaka Nakamura and so like his iconic thing is the uh is the cubes so if you watch like the beginning of uh if Ida's fight you see the cubes that's like his animation he's like one of the best fight animators of all time uh so they they, they basically have brought him out for like all like the blockbuster ones so same person that did Deku versus Bakugo 2 uh you know obviously one of the best fights in my hero and I think I think that's what really solidifies this as being incredible. It's like his work on the animation because he is an absolute legend at animating fight scenes. 
Yeah. And you, you can see it, man. You can see it. Like, I like, I like, I don't usually, I'm not a big rewatcher. Like, I watch it and I'm like, okay, sick. But the, like, the Tetsu Tetsu Todoroki standoff, I went back to that so many times because it's like, not only is it like, not only is it like well animated, but it is moving and it's powerful. And like, I just, I love seeing Class 1B get like, get like any sort of recognition. And Tetsu Tetsu is such a character that like, we, I, for anybody who has listened to us previously, we, stand the shit out of tetsu tetsu like we love this guy I mean, because he takes such a one-dimensional quirk and just makes it so much better than it is you know what i mean him and kirishima both do it so so well and of course that is because of horikoshi's like great writing but like i mean it's just man like i don't know tetsu tetsu just hits different it's great <laughs> <laughs> and all right for the last actual kind of category that we did was going to be the best quirk awakening so we included deku in this with black whip but then the other ones were Toga, Shigaraki, and Twice. And I felt like this was pretty much a unanimous vote. I mean, I think while all three the other ones were great, I mean, Toga. I mean, Easily. I'm not even going to set context. I mean, the it is crazy because that, to us, felt like it was a completely different quirk. I mean, one, being transformed into someone is a quirk on its own, but being able to use those quirks, we never thought that kind of step for her would have been possible. So seeing it and kind of opening up that idea blew it out of the water. Yeah, because I mean, like, you, we, we kind of talked about Quirk Wakings a little bit before this, but, like, when that happens and, like, you see the flash of, of, of like, gravity, you're like, no, there's no way. Is, it, is, this, is this a real thing? And, like, I don't know, just seeing them drop from the sky and, like, all the blood comes up is just insanely cool. Yeah, I think it was, I think that's what it was. It it was that addition of not only is she using this quirk, but she just killed a bunch of people with it. Like yeah. that's the most that's the most toga ass villain quirk awakening thing you can do. Like you can't beat that, right? I mean, Shiggy, like don't get me wrong, Shigaraki was great. Shigaraki was great. Sadman's parade, we like praised it upon like no end. But man, it was just Toga's just hit different. It just hit different. Um. So yeah, I think. Just fantastic all around. I mean, everything about Togo is perfect. So I think from there, let's move into the um, kind of rent. I'm not, I'm sorry, Jay, uh, Dylan, the funny kind of awards that we each have, which leads with you, which you yes. call the rent free award. Yes. So the first uh, funny award I want to give out is the rent free award. This goes to the character who cannot leave my mind. The one that just stays there. And every day when I wake up, I think about them. And I just, I, I don't know why. I don't know why they're stuck in my head. And the rent-free award, of course, goes none other to to the mushroom, to that damn mushroom, Shimeji, a.k.a. Kinuko. I don't know why. She's such a cool character. I don't, I, like, her quirk is super cool. Um, I like her design. I like, I like the mushroom dress. Um, and also, she has a wide knowledge of all different types of mushrooms. Very cool. She almost killed somebody too, man. Like she almost <laughs> killed somebody by putting a mushroom in their throat, which is horrifying. That's twisted, man. It's twisted. Oh my god. All right, James, what do you got for your drip award? Yeah, so so for anybody who doesn't know me, I'm a bit of a hype beast. I love I you know, a big like streetwear kind of like fashion guy. Um, so of course I had to give the 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 best drip award away and you know this is somebody who you know they have like a good costume design or they look sick and they just exude like looking killer and it's you know what usually usually it's you actually like i almost defaulted to mina because she always has like these bomb outfits toga with her coat was really good too 
but it went to Shigaraki. I had to give it to Shigaraki at the end in the throne with the big coat. Like he just had a look on him, man. He was so all cool. bandaged up. Yeah, he looked mean, dude. So yeah, Shigaraki, Shigaraki won it for sure. Not not only did he have the drip though, but he he had the stance too, the just the way oh, that he was sitting, you? like an absolute king. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is a guy who just inherited an army and knew it. Like he was yes. he was down for it, man. He was ready for it. And I guess I'll lead into it, which is what was the best Bakugo or the best Bakugo moment of the season? And there's a lot. Don't get me wrong. And I want to kind of call out the runner-up first because it's a funnier one. The first one's actually just a great moment. But Bakugo showed up to the Todoroki household, told them all off to take their family drama elsewhere or don't invite people over for dinner when they're going to have issues. And then it still got um, Toro, uh, Fukia, uh, Fu, uh, Fuyumi's yeah, uh, phone number at Fuyumi, the end yeah. when they left. I mean, like, this <laughs> man came in, dominated the Todoroki household, and then left. I mean, that is a fantastic <laughs> moment overall. But in a more serious moment, how he showed up for the joint training arc and that complete character change for him that no one expected to see is going to be one of my favorite Bakugo moments forever. Him showing up someone working with the team showing how dominant he is but also showing that he actually can change the person which a lot of people never thought he would be able to takes it for me i mean it's just i mean it was is in my head Bakugo would have been my run free character for this season <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it, like he was the embodiment and they talked about this briefly in the episode he was the embodiment of saving people through victory like he like that was that he wasn't like he wasn't saving people to victory. He was in there to do a job. He got it done and he did it in the most like him way possible. Like you can't you can't get a better moment than that. You can't. Yeah. So I mean, overall, everything in season five was a fantastic. We agree with that. I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. want to give us official ranking, but this was <laughs> a great season. We loved it. I mean, there were issues with it here and there, but every season of My Hero Academia has its issues with it. So despite all the changing around and all that. It's totally worth it, and I cannot wait for season six. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to, like, rank them, like, objectively against the other seasons because of, like, the recency bias, but I don't know. This was a good one. It was a really good one. Yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna, I want to go back and rewatch it after this episode now. Like, I, I, can, I, cannot, <laughs> I cannot get enough of my year academia. But sadly, a couple things before we do wrap up the original episode. So we're wrapping up, but for anyone that is here live, Stick around. We will be doing kind of a Q&A video afterwards. So we're going to wrap this up and then move over to that. So if you are here for that, stick along. We'll keep doing that right afterwards. But I want to talk for one quick second about what we're doing during the offseason. So obviously, we've been doing the recap for the last 25 weeks, and that is coming to an end now. So we will be kind of moving over to more topic-by-topic -topic videos. I mean, we still are going to have a bunch of manga uh, recaps and all that on YouTube. But for the actual podcast feed, we're going to be going back to kind of a topic like episode where we'll be doing fan fiction episodes where we'll go back and read fan fictions again like we did last offseason we'll be doing character deep dives we'll be doing arc reviews we'll be doing kind of whatever we want so if you guys have ideas for what do you want us to talk about during the offseason it is going to be a long time till season six but we have a lot of videos coming out so whatever you want us to talk about we are down for it but we'll be moving bi-weekly for the actual podcast make sure to go to youtube.com class 1a for a bunch of other videos we will still be doing the same amount of content each month but we're just going to be pulling back on the podcast so that when we do put out these topic videos that they are great and that they are as quality as we want because they're a little harder to schedule and come up with without the recap so we will still be here you can check us out bi-weekly during for the podcast during the off season 
but on YouTube each and every week we'll have three or four videos at a minimum that you can watch that will all be about My Hero Academia. So make sure to check that out. But with that, I want to thank everyone for listening to this season five wrap up and for enjoying season five with us. It's been an amazing one. 25 episodes now kind of recapping all of it. And it was a fantastic one. So thank you everyone that went along with us on the journey for season five. Thank you everyone here that is watching live as we wrap up season five. It has been fantastic and we've loved every moment of it. So thank you so much for always supporting the podcast for making it so much fun for us. And we cannot wait for season six. And we hope you guys enjoy the off season and everything we have for you guys as well. So thank you all so much. We will see you two weeks from now on Saturday as always. But thank you all. And always remember, go plus ultra.